Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Oh, welcome back, all you boys and girls out there in podcast land. This is your favorite bi-weekly podcast. It's IG2G. I'm your host, Matt. With me, as always, is Eric. What are we going to talk about this week? Oh, we're talking about people getting punched in the face. We're talking about more people getting punched in the face. We're talking about monsters getting punched in the face. If you want to get punched in the face, this is the show for you. Top 5 Releases so I'm going to start it off real quick with a release that I was penciling in here. I was like, oh, this is some dumb game I could talk about maybe for the releases. But then I learned something about it that got really, really interesting. So this dropped on the 30th of January for 60 bucks for PS4 and Xbox One. What am I talking about? It's EA Sports UFC 3, developed by EA Canada, published by EA Sports. I mean, it's UFC. If you know MMA, if you know UFC, you know what to expect. What I didn't expect, though, is reading up on the reviews on this. It's got a really good striking system from what I've heard. You know, you, when you're playing a boxing game or a fighting game, you press square and you just punch. And that's it. You, that punch is going out and whatever happens, happens. But what I hear in this game is you can pull your punches or your kicks or your strikes like up until the very last nanosecond. You can, like, throw it out there, and then, oh, he's starting to counter it, so you, like, pull back, and so his counter just whiffs, and then you can counter his counter. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. I've been waiting for that in boxing games, fighting games especially, all kinds of combat games for the longest time. Being able to, like, throw it out there, and then just, whoop, nope, and then make them whiff, and then hit them. and Oh, sounds so cool. From what I've heard, though, the grappling and submission systems are a little weird. Grappling's kind of clunky. Submissions, you play like a Simon Says kind of game. I don't even understand it. Whatever. Just go have fun punching people. (laughs) And if all you want to do is punch people, there's a pure striking mode. There's pure grappling and submission mode if you want that. There's a career mode. There's another cool mode that I heard about. It's like knockout mode, where you have a certain number of strikes to knock out your opponent. Any kind of strikes, head, body, legs, arms, whatever you want. But that sounds like a cool kind of almost puzzly element. How can you throw a strike, block it, counter him, you know, dip, duck, dodge, and dive, and do all the crazy stuff. If you like fighting, if you like UFC, if you like MMA, this is probably a game for you. Go pick it up, suckers. Not to be outdone by Matt's wonderful UFC title, Another title that came out January 30th, 2018, well, I should say, as a port just came out, is the Dissidia Final Fantasy NT. It was previously an arcade title, but it was using the PlayStation 4 hardware to be built, and they just released it worldwide January 30th. It is developed by Koei Tecmo's Team Ninja, published by Square Enix. This title has all your favorite Final Fantasy characters thrown into a whole loopla, and the whole premise of the story is these two gods brought them in, said, hey, something bad's going on, we need you to fight for us. Well, it's one god against the other god, but it doesn't matter. You all know the story. All the Final Fantasy characters come together, they gotta fight against this evil god to save the day, and by fighting this god, they need to fight each other to rack up all sorts of, like, power, which will go into facing off against this god, so... Hence, you have Final Fantasy characters whacking each other up for the fun of it to get power to beat the bad guy. 
Anywho, you can go single player, you can go 3v3, and this is where the fun's really at. You get, you know, a whole bunch of buddies, you go three on three. There's the the arenas are huge. So so think of um, it's more of like an arena battle than it is like a old school Street Fighter type game. You're in a in a whole 3D environment and you've got the bravery system, you've got your HP, and the bravery system is like uh, how you stack up your power moves. So the more you do your attacks, the more you're being nimble and doing all this, your bravery stacks up and allows you to do your big hits. And you go in for the big hits and all that. And you'll also have summons, which are like your 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 giant megaton moves. And you'll mm. pick these, obviously, when you're in the process of setting up your character. You go in there, and, of course, everybody's got, like, different sides. There's the assassins, there's your vanguards, your uh, marksmen, et cetera, et cetera. With this in mind, you pick whatever flavor floats your boat. You go into this arena, and you and your team can coordinate going around. You know, all three of you attack one guy, two of you go one, hold off one of the others. Whatever floats your boat. It's just it's a lot of fun. It looks really neat. The problem in it, I see, is that it's not very uh, strategic. It looks more like a kind of like just a brawler. You're going in, flying around, having a ton of fun. So this is kind of more like Power Stone, like you're jumping all around and doing big moves, and there's yes, not really like... Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. That's it's, that's exactly what it is. You're kind of just flying around, doing huge moves, and it's just over the top. And mm. in the story mode, from what all it looks like is it's you go in, and they'll they'll do a little cutscene, and then it'll be like, ha, 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 this is what's going on, da, 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 da. And then you've got to go in and just do a whole bunch of random battles just to gain mm. enough points to come back, and then you get another little part of the story, and then you go back and do a bunch of just random battles. So it's not like your typical setup where it's now you're facing him because he did a thing and this is happening, da, da, da. So it's a little bit disjointed, but if you're a mm. fan of Final Fantasy, all the characters are there. The portrayals of the characters are very accurate, and if you, and if you've played them all, you're gonna enjoy all that whole humble. The story is actually decent. It's just very disjointed. But if you enjoy a, an over-the-top fighting game in which you're in a 3D environment, you get to pick from the whole roster basically of all the most important FF characters over the past gosh dang 20 plus years. This might be something you want to check out. Now, speaking of over-the-top three-on-three fighters with all your favorites from all through the series. What's next on the releases? Oh, this dropped on the 26th of January for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. What am I talking about? It's Dragon Ball Fighters. That's right, not Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I learned that in the YouTube comment section. Everyone said, it's not Dragon Ball Fighter Z, idiot. And it wasn't me that were calling it an idiot, but I went, oh, I feel retroactively idiot. So Dragon Ball Fighters, this developed by Arc System Works, published by Bandai Namco. You know it already. I've been raving about it on past IG2Gs, and I'm going to do it even more later in this episode. This little title is something near and dear to my little heart because it's a platformer, and I do oh so love some platform in action. And what I'm talking about is Celeste. This wonderful title was published by Matt Makes Games, and it was developed by Matt Makes Games, Matt Thorson, and Noel Berry. Well, that's kind of strange, right? Well, it's strange because it's an indie title. Da-da! But it has arrived on the Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and PC on January 25th, 2018. And if you're wondering what this game's all about, as I just said, it's an 8-bit platformer in which you're Madeline and you're trying to survive your demons on this mountain as you climb to the top. And it's got all your platform things, but the, the whole shtick of it is... 
is you dash and you get the jumps and you have the climbing ability with stamina. That sounds awesome. Guess what? I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in just a moment. So stay tuned, boys and girls. And last but certainly not least, especially for people like our good old friend Sean Haggerty, what's going to drop on the 6th of February for only 40 bucks for PS4. This is Shadow of the Colossus, the HD edition, but also even more HD than the last HD edition, developed by Sony Interactive Entertainment Japan and Team Eco, and published by Sony Computer Entertainment. If you don't know what Shadow of the Colossus is already, you really need to get out of your game and hole and experience one of the most unique, most beautiful, most most bestest games of the past few generations. It's, uh, man, Shadow of the Colossus. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. If you don't know it, you need to go get this version. And this is going to be the best version of it all. It's got super HD visuals, super upgraded this, that, the other thing. Everything's better. Built it from the ground up, making it look fantastic. If you loved Shadow of the Colossus before, you're going to love it even more in HD. Sean's going to buy it for the third time because he's a wild man. He's all about Shadow of the Colossus. I might buy it for... the. Oh, man, this will be the third time because I never got to play the other HD edition. Man, I might have to do it. I'm telling you, I can tell you right now, Matt, I watched a whole bunch of this, and I love the original, obviously, mm-hmm. but this is this is more than just an HD upgrade. This is a remake. I mean, oh, yeah. this game is just gorgeous, and it's got everything, everything intact from its predecessor or its actual original copy. Yeah. And the best part about this game is if you like to, instead of feeling great about yourself for doing a great deed and doing something <laughs> awesome, if you like to just feel depressed and feel mm-hmm. like slimy, like maybe you should kill yourself, this is the title that you're going to want to check out. That's actually very true. <laughs> Although you will be you'll be swept away by the majesty of what's going on at first, and then you'll go, oh, God, what am I doing? No, I don't want to do this. I just want to ride around on my horse through the cool environments and look at the guys as they're flying through or walking around or running around like animals. Oh, yeah, it's, you just made me sad now, I'll Eric. save some Very unknown sad. girl. I was trying to think of a way to incorporate bros before hoes. I mean, I guess the Colossi are giant bros. Bros before hoes, man. Uh, well, you know, or maybe monsters before hoes. I don't know. What are they? <laughs> that sounds that sounds a lot less defensible. I really monsters does. before hoes. Yeah, never there's mind. It's a, a giant were beast. Oh well, you know, girl. Anyway, Matt, I gotta okay. go hang out with. <laughs> you don't know. She's been. She's dead the whole game. Who That's knows? That's true. Who knows what she is or who she is? That's true. Well, you got a point, Matt. And with that, let's roll on into some topics for this week. Number five. Hey, just a minute ago, I was telling everybody about this sweet little platformer game that I checked out. And you know what? Just to remind everybody, I'm talking about Celeste. It came out on every system you could imagine. It's selling the best on the Switch, though, because I I just want to mention that. (laughs) Because the Switch is the best. No, I'm just kidding. This is a perfect title for the Switch. It's an 8-bit platformer, going back old school. And Madeline, of course, as I stated earlier, is a girl who's got some problems. She's climbing this mountain, and you don't know whether she's actually climbing this mountain, whether it's a dream, whether she's in psych ward, or what's going on. That's for you to figure out on this game. And now you're like, what do you mean figure out this game? Platformers don't have stories. This one does, and that's the beauty of this game. 
beyond, of course, the amazing platforming challenges that are ahead of you. So in this game, you start off going, hey, I'm going to climb this mountain because I can. Okay, simple enough, right? And so here you go. It starts to slowly introduce you to your different abilities. It starts off very easy. You just, you know, you're just jumping and then you're climbing. And while you're climbing, as I stated, you have a stamina. After so long, she'll start to sweat, and then she'll start flashing red, and then you'll fall off. So that's the first hmm. kind of, that's the first trigger you get where you're like, okay, here's the, here's the dynamic I got to figure out. So you can mm-hmm. jump from thing to thing. You can wall jump, and, and here's a little trick to it. While you're wall jumping, as long as you keep doing it, it's, you're not wasting any of your stamina. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little trick you can use while you're playing the game. You're welcome. Anywho's back to this. Then they introduce you to this another main ability called dash, and the dash is, as you can imagine, just a dash. It's kind of three character shifts, and you'll whoop, and so it becomes very important for you to understand how far that dash travels, and it doesn't just go, you know, left or right. It's all the directions. So eight, you know, all eight points, you're you're you can go all the way around. Mm-hmm. So it becomes very very important for you to realize that first off ingest it and start to incorporate it question mr Uh, question is this a dash you can use like the roll in donkey kong country where if you dash off a ledge you'll dash the length of your dash and then can jump after that yes yes as long as you haven't used your jump already you'll be able to Mm. jump after the dash nice so you'll get a jump system in that yes so I, i love seeing that any other way it is super awesome and so they slowly bring you up, and they'll introduce like uh, there's these little vials in some of the in some of the screens. And in case you're wondering, if you're not familiar with old 8-bit platformers, you'll you'll come onto a screen, and then obviously there'll be little exit points, you know, that are just shown by having no walls blocking them or whatever, just like old 8-bit games. And mm-hmm. then that's where you're gonna get to. And you get to that, you'll go in, you'll go to the next screen. So the objective here is to figure out how to get from that point where you entered to the next point. And that's it's that simple. But of course, well, there's moving platforms, there's spikes, there's all sorts of little weird things in your way stopping you. So this is definitely Mega Man style, where you deal with this screen, you get yes. to the exit point, it scrolls up and to the next screen. It scrolls up to the there next screen. Exactly. Okay. So not only do they have all this, but they've added these strawberries. These are like the bonus if you want to be cool and you want to just mm. brag to your friends. These are the like, the little bonus objectives that are secret. They're secreted around the uh, levels. So there might be like a tiny sliver that you don't really notice unless you're looking by some spikes. But if you can figure out a way to dash, jump, get on a platform, climb, jazz, jump, and go down that little hole, you'll get to another room in which you got to do another puzzle to get to a strawberry. And then you can collect those. Or if that's too much for you, you can just skip them entirely and just finish the game. The strawberries have nothing to do with anything except for bragging rights to your friends that you collected way more strawberries than they did because they suck at platforming games, and you don't. Mm. And I think that's freaking amazing. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be a strawberry achievement too, though. There's got to be. Well, I, I didn't look trophy. up achievements on the uh, PlayStation 4 because obviously, mm. you know, I'm, in my own brain, Switch is where I want to play this at, so I was like, well, true, no true. need to look up the trophies. I'm sure there are. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there's some trophies. Wait, no trophy-style <laughs> stuff on the Switch? <laughs> Throw that in the garbage Got and set it on job. fire, please. Exactly. Got to get my EP up here. <laughs> Got to get my numbers real high. It's very cleverly done. It shows you the new ways you can dash, things you can do, combinations of jumping, dashing, and moving that you didn't think possible. And it does it so cleverly that you just sort of acclimate yourself to it and become amazing. Now, don't get me wrong. This game is tough. 
So if you're looking for some easy just walkthrough game that doesn't involve anything, this probably isn't for you unless you don't mind humbling yourself and using the assist mode. They do have an assist mode in which you can uh, slow down the movements so therefore you have more time to think you know, while you're doing your jumping and your dashing and climbing the walls and figure out the problems while you're going. Uh, there's also modes in which you can basically just fly so you can't actually get stuck by anything. You can just kind of cruise through the obstacles and win. There's invincible hmm. mode where you quite literally just do whatever you want. Well, that's the beauty of it, though, man. I know you're shaking your head, and I would never use this. Trust me. I mean, that defeats the whole purpose of the game. But, you know, for I guess for maybe children or those who literally just want to see the story. Because once again, this game has a story, unlike most of your platformers, which is a very generic story. I would say that, too, though, if you're experimenting with maybe this is a secret thing that'll get me to a strawberry room maybe you want to throw on your invincibility mode and all right i know there's mm-hmm. stuff here 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 and here but i think there might be something in this screen and i don't just have 30 minutes to just fart around with it on in normal mode unfortunately matt here's the catch the minute you toss assisted mode on your game is labeled assisted you no longer get to finish it as a normal person Everybody will well, see that your mode was finished as an assisted mode, meaning that you're, you're, you're illegitimate. You're a bastard child. Then you delete your whole game. And then you and just, just start over. It and start it all over, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd do the whole game, but I think you know it's got the different files, so you'd have to start a new file and then go mm-hmm. through. But yes, once you start an assisted mode, your game gets labeled as assisted. So if you mm-hmm. are trying to impress your friends or go through a full clear and normal for achievements or whatever it is, make sure you don't turn on assisted for any reason. So there you go. Another wonderful, helpful tip to help you out. I'm sure it's in the, I'm sure they warn you before you do it, but I didn't see it firsthand. So I'm not hundred percent on that one. Mm -hmm. This game looks like a lot of fun, is a lot of fun. And I would recommend it to anybody who remembers those eight bit platformers out there. Cause this one does a superb job of combining challenge, fun, story, the whole nine yards. The music is just over-the-top awesome. I mean, it puts you right there in the mood. The environments as you travel up the mountain are very different, and then they also take, like, different shapes and forms from your typical mountain to Rex to, like, weird, am I in a dream, ghost town, what's going on. There's adversaries you'll meet along the way, acquaintances, friends, strangers, the whole nine if this sounds at all interesting to you, and I, I, I recommend you go check out reviews, they're positive everywhere, this is something you're going to want to check out. Number four. Now, speaking of things you're going to want to check out, I've been talking about it already on this show, how I'm excited about it. I've been talking about it on two old IG2Gs about it. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. This is a game I've been talking about how gorgeous it is ever since it was first announced. And I figured out why it's so gorgeous and why the camera moves the way that it does. Because if you haven't seen any gameplay of it and you haven't heard me say it, anytime you're doing super moves, the camera's like swirling around. It's catching all the cool angles. When you're, you know, you're doing that Dragon Ball Z thing where you uppercut a dude into the air and start flying and hitting him at all the different angles, the camera's moving and it's catching every bit and every perfect angle and all the cool action shots. The reason it's doing that is because this is a 2.5D fighter in that all the characters are modeled fully in 3D. They're just cel-shaded and got all the visual effects like they were a drawing. So the camera can just pan around them and shoot and swap. You know, they look like sprites, but they're not sprites because you couldn't do that with sprites. You'd have to, like, 
load a whole different image mm-hmm. and have a whole different animation thing. Instead, now you just rig up the whole thing. So that's why it looks that great, and I thought that was pretty cool, so I figured I'd share that with all the peeps. So now to the basics of Dragon Ball Fighters. Again, it's 3D fighters on a 2D plane, essentially. You got 24 characters from all throughout the series. I think you do get a couple of doubles in there, like you get Super Saiyan Blue Goku and then Normal Goku. I think Vegeta and Gohan also get doubled up a little bit, but they have all unique movesets and all unique animations and sounds and all that stuff for their different variations. You get 24 characters. I believe there's 8 to 10 coming in the DLC and the Fighter Pass that's coming. And the basis of this game is three-on-three battles. Basically think like Marvel vs. Capcom type of thing instead of King of Fighters, where you're swapping in your guys, you're tagging in, you're using your backup characters to assist with your super moves to make them even flashier, even bigger. But this is an over-the-top, almost like spectacle fighter, because it's brought to you by the guys who did Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue. When you think about Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear and those really fast combo-heavy games, you think, man, I gotta be really, really good at these kind of things. I gotta know all the moves, I gotta know all the timing and everything. We don't really hear in Dragon Ball Fighters. They've simplified it a little bit, so you don't have to worry about, you know, light kick, heavy kick, light punch, heavy punch. You just have light, medium, and strong attacks, and the most complicated control input I think they have is, like, a quarter circle back or a quarter circle forward, so you don't have to do, like, really complicated, you know, input strings before you can get a cool move. It's all about getting you in there, getting you to do these cool moves, these over-the-top things with these crazy effects, just like bam, bam, bam. They've even got auto combos. I'm not 100% sure how you do it because I haven't had any hands-on time with it, but you can basically dial in a combo and, you know, your character will start doing all this crazy stuff. But if you are one of those hardcore players, you can make your manual combos. You know, it's not... It's not Barney Basics easy. It is if you want it to be, but you can also make it as complex as an Arc System Works game is normally. You can get all combo heavy, bringing in your tag buddies, bringing in all your supers, chaining supers together, making it look absolutely ridiculous, which is what this game's all about. Looking ridiculous, having a grand old time, looking exactly like Dragon Ball, looking like Dragon Ball Z, all the variations you've known. I did a little research on this myself, and I was Mm -hmm. stoked to see that whole system set up, whereas if you're complete newbie or imbecile when it comes to these types of games you could still come in smash buttons and it's set up Mm -hmm. in such a fashion that you'll still fly around doing crazy moves looking real cool and even sometimes beat your friend who's better Mm -hmm. than you because you're just a crackhead and pushing buttons so fast and with such rigor that he can't stop you and then you can brag and say Mm -hmm. you're awesome and he sucks and then he'll get pissed off throw his controller and it's a good time absolutely (laughs) I mean, I mean, that's what Dragon Ball eventually becomes anyway. It's just, you know, stuff that's animated so fast you can't even see what's going on. So that's you hammering on those buttons, and you're just making it look exactly like it does on the TV. It's exactly. perfect. What people have been saying, single player, there's a really long story mode. I think it's got three different arcs all about Android 21, which is a brand new character that's established. She looks awesome. And, and does look awesome. She looks like a mix between one of the androids and, like, uh, Boo, because she turns enemies into candy and eats them and she's got like a big old long pink boo tail but she shows up and then a bunch of of clones of all you know the z fighters all show up too and it's kind of figuring out oh how are we going to do this how you know where'd they come from how are we going to deal with this but then the cool thing is in the story mode it's set up in like a kind of a weird way because each arc you take control of i think the first one you take control of goku and you go around this map 
trying to recruit a bunch of heroes for your team. And it's like you have a start point and an end point and a certain number of moves you have to go around this map. You fight battles, pick up new guys, add them to your roster, move around and around and around. It's really weird because you add people to your active team of three and then you can add other heroes to your backup team. So if you, you went into a fight against let's say, you know, Krillin and Yamcha or whatever, and your active guys take a bunch of damage, they don't heal after the fight, so you got to swap them out with your backups. So while they're in the back lines, they're healing up. So you really got to kind of go through all these characters in through this story mode as you're going around fighting all these clones. In the second level, I think you take control of Frieza and you start rounding up a team of bad guys. So you get to see all the characters, play all the characters. It's not like a linear story mode like we've been getting from Nether Realms in Injustice or Mortal Kombat or anything, but it's a really involved and I don't know like deep story, but like a deep mode that you're going to put a lot of time into. People are saying like 8 to 10 hours and upwards of or around 200 fights to clear out that whole story mode. So if you are just a single person player and you don't want to get on the internet, this is still going to give you a lot of bang for your buck. And if you do like getting on the internet, people have been saying the net code's pretty smooth. Obviously, you run into you know problem spots here and there, but the only thing people have been saying is it's really hard to create like lobbies to get people into because like you create a lobby, but in the lobby you have to create a ring and people have to come in your ring, but it's not really explained anywhere. So that part's a little iffy, but once you do some research, you'll be able to figure it out. And then you'll be having all kinds of crazy internet fun, beating up people from around the world, beating up your friends. It's going to be great. And I did hear, though, and one other uh, kind of negative on that whole lobby area is I heard that once you load in, sometimes it'll fill up and then it'll boot you out. And then say, like, you go into your menus to do something and you come back in, it'll say, sorry, server full. Then you got to go back out. you got to find mm-hmm. another server, load back into that server. Hopefully it's not full. Get in there. And hopefully you did all your menu hopping, doing what you need to do last time. Otherwise, this time it's the same thing. You'll do a match. You'll co- try to come back in. Sometimes they'll say, "Oh, it's full. Sorry, we got to find you a new server." It'll boot you back. It's something they need to fix. Uh, obviously, that can't stand forever, and I'm sure they will. Yeah. But just letting everybody know it right now that, like you were already stating, the the lobby does have some issues and some quirks that need to be worked out. Although the cool thing is, I did, you know, hearing someone else's feedback or review about that, they were like, yeah, I mean, it is a problem because the servers are so full that that happens a lot. But if you go back to the latest Blaze Blue or the latest Guilty Gear, there's nobody playing those games. Mm-hmm. So this is a good problem to have. Exactly. They just need to remedy it so people don't drop off because of it. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much it. That's all I got for Dragon Ball Fighters. I'm still looking forward to getting my hands on it when I get some money coming down the pipe here. Hey, it's tax season. Doing my taxes, my tax return. Might as well get Dragon Ball Fighters. And if you got some cash laying around, you like over-the-top fighting, you like Dragon Ball in any kind of way, you're going to want to get this game because you will be pulling off moves that you have only seen other people animate on the screen. It's fantastic. You're going to love it if you love Dragon Ball at all. Number three. All right, I'm going to bring it full force. You know what I'm saying? Who doesn't love monsters? Nobody. Everybody, everybody, everybody loves monsters. We've already established monsters before hoes, so you can't love anything That's more right. than monsters. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm talking about, Monster Hunter World, developed and published by Capcom, released on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC January 26, 2018. 
this game is a hoot and a holler. And now, let me go ahead and explain a little bit about it to you. If you don't know and you've never heard of Monster Hunter, guess what? You come into this, you make yourself a wonderful hero, male, female, all sort of cool little attributes, whatever you want to look like. You know, it's got a pretty cool little character creation setup going for you. You pop in, you get this cool calico pet. He's not really a pet, he's a companion. It's a cat man or a cat girl or he's whatever. He's your buddy, yeah. He's your buddy. He assists you, does all sorts of cool things in battle. Any of the who's, you pop in, you find out that these elder dragons, every decade or whatever, travel across the sea to this new world, and there's this organization that wants to figure out why the heck they're doing it, what's going on, etc., etc., etc. So you say, yay, I'm a cool, brave adventurer. You take the ship, you travel over, you become part of this new crew on this wild world, finding out what these dragons are up to. And in the meantime, guess what you do, Matt? Do you do you do you hunt monsters? Do you make cool stuff out of their skin and and their their bones? Yes, that's exactly what it is. This entire game is you on your quest to figure out what the heck's going on, kill monsters, harvest their meat, their bones, gems, wings, etc. All their body parts become yours. You take them back. You figure out what the blacksmith, etc., wants to make better gear. You make this better gear with these different attributes, and you head back out, and you kill the next monster. There are tons and tons and tons of monsters in this game. There are tons of quests that give you all sorts of reasons to go kill these monsters, find these monsters. And, of course, the main story, it leads you along going after the elder dragons themselves, this and that, to figure out what's happening and why these dragons are doing this, because, of course... Well, we're humans, and we want to know what's going on and if it affects us, etc., etc. Now, the loop here is that you're going to want to have friends. And if you don't have friends, you're going to want to just be comfortable playing with other people because this Mm -hmm. game can be played alone, and there's plenty of people who will tell you you can have tons of fun by yourself without ever playing anybody. But I'm just here to tell you right now, if you do not have friends, it takes quite some time to kill some of these monsters especially the larger animals. I've never been into monster hunters myself, but from what I've gathered, there are a lot of weapons that you can't really use solo because I know, I know the even just the couple demos that I've tried, it's if you don't beat the monster in a certain amount of time, he'll just run away, and there's no way you're going to be able to put all these monsters down for the count with some of these weapons. Some of them are team-based, and some of them you just are going to need people to be throwing stuns on so you can do your slow, heavy damage to these cool monsters. Yes, and on that point, yes, these monsters, after a time, will retreat. They'll try to they'll fly away. The cool part is, is you can track them. So once they do retreat or fly away, there'll be like some dust or footprints, etc., and then mm-hmm. you just follow that, and you can give chase and follow them around. But like you said, if you're going solo, this could be an extremely tedious process. So I will stress that playing with other people is optimal. Now back to the weapons point, you're very much accurate in the fact that there are a lot of different weapon types to go from. You get dual swords, you go sword shield, lance, spear, bow, crossbow, all sorts of stuff. And some of those are better for solo play, some are better for team play, you know, some are better as support, as heavy damage, etc., etc. That's something you're going to learn through playing, through the tutorials, through just experience. But, once again, play with other people. Even Mm -hmm. if you have no friends, there are tons of people in this game because it's a co-op only. There's no PvP in in this title. So nobody wants you to suck. 
everybody there wants you to be good because if you're good, then when they get forced to team up with you through, you know, just looking in the lobbies for people to go with, you're not an imbecile, can't hold their own and help them defeat the monster they're trying to take out. So therefore, this community is pretty solid in that everybody's like, hey, you need help? Cool, cool. I'll come help you kill this dude, and then you're going to help me kill this dude, and I'm going to teach you how. What do you mean, teach how, Eric? Well, guess what? Different monsters, surprise, surprise, have different weaknesses, different strengths. They'll be in different environments, which require you to have different foods, potions, weapons, uh, armor, the whole nine. There'll be a monster who's completely immune to poison. Well, guess what? If you're carrying around a, a bone sword with poison that you put on it, well, that's not going to help you at all. So you're going to want to build different sets for different scenarios and different creatures. And the cool part, and you're like, God, this sucks, man. I don't think I can handle this. They've got this really neat journal in which every time you fight a monster, you learn more about that creature. So once cool. you've fought him a couple times, it'll say, hey, Eric, numbskull, you forgot? Guess what? They're weak to this. They're strong to this. This is their weak spots. Here's what you want to destroy first, last, da 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 da, da. Here's where they usually hang out. And you'll have all the information you need to go about your way and get better loot. And that's one thing that I was wondering about myself is, like I said, I've dabbled in the demos, and sometimes you come up and, hey, there's a big monster. And he does like this big tell, like, oh, he's ruffling up his feathers. And you're like, I have no idea what that means. So a lot of these are like, I mean, these are basically big protracted boss battles where you got to go is. in Dark Souls style and like, all right, when he lifts this up, I know I got to be over here. I got to hit him at this point. I got to do this, this, this. And then, like you said, I got to go after his wings first or else he's going to fly away. I got to go after his tail first to neutralize his big, giant, crazy whip attack that knocks us all down and stuns us. There's all kinds of strategy here. And I like that. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, maybe it doesn't go into that much detail in the journal, but I would assume that after enough times it would tell you, hey, he's got a big spinny whip attack that he uses That's his what tail the, for. Yeah, the journal kind of just says, like, hey, the, the the tail does this, this, and this, you know. So you can kind of yeah. gather that you got to get rid of the tail at some point. Mm. Plus, from everything I'm looking at, like, you want to get rid of the tail and the horns, et cetera, no matter what, because then you can harvest those specific pieces. And they, of course, True. have chances to drop their own little loot scale, which give you, like, a gem or something that you need to build a rare item. Because, mm. once again, this whole game is just about taking out these monsters and getting the loot they drop, the meat, the gems, the bones, to make yourself better gear so you're more, uh, you know, capable in handling the larger monsters that you face out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really dig about this game is that, like you said, it's just basically boss simulator. Everywhere you go, it's just boss monsters. And then you go mm-hmm. in there blind trying to figure out what it's all about, what's their weaknesses, what's their strengths, what are, what are their cues, what are they doing. And then you learn from it. You go back, you make different gear, come back with different potions, different foods until you beat them. Then you get this cool piece, or you don't get this cool piece that you can take back to make better armor. But then you learn, hey, he has a chance to drop such and such piece, which will get you this piece of gear. Oh my god, if I could get this 25% fire resist damage from this dude, I could go fight that stupid guy in the volcano over there and get his loot. Guess what? Now you're farming this guy over and over until you get that particular gem, bone, whatever it is, and then you move on. And what's good about it, too, is... Like I said, this is very like Dark Souls style. So once you know how to beat a certain 
monster, it's going to be less challenging each mm-hmm. and every time because you're going to know all his tells, you're going to know all his abilities, you're going to know the right order to damage him in to take him down nice and quick. And of course, you'll be building up your own stuff along the way, so you're even better and your skills are even better. So farming isn't such you know just doesn't feel like such a grind. I don't think in this in these kinds of games. Well, and it's just fun at the same time because, like you said, yeah, you're improving yourself, and there's always that. Oh, when that gem drops, how excited you are, what that feeling is when you finally get that piece after the sixth time you've fought or killed this uh, monster. That's just, Mm -hmm. it's such a good feeling. And then if you're doing it with friends, you can be, you know, talking, laughing, having a good time, which brings me back to my original thing is just, you know, if you got a buddy and you can convince him to get this title, I'd recommend you guys go out and get this title. If you're on your own, it can be fun, but you got to be willing to play with people and just accept the fact that, you know, hey, Playing with strangers isn't all that bad sometimes. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't make promises. But anywho, this title looks like a lot of fun, is a lot of fun. If you're into that sort of thing, that grind, and just going out and exploring a vast world, a colorful world, very it's a very pretty game. Don't you know? I shouldn't even have to say that, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's very gorgeous. A lot of very unique monsters, very breathtaking environments. Tons of variety when it comes to your setup and character. It's got everything you could want, and it's you know it's been being it's being called the best Monster Hunter yet, and I 100% believe it. So if it sounds like something you might want, I'd recommend you go check it out. Number two. Yarg matey, hard. There's a title I'll be talking about here for a second. I now this title, as some of you may guess. Is about pirates, man. <laughs> I couldn't tell what that accent was actually supposed to be because yeah. it changed as you went around through the sentences. I thought it was maybe like a weird like Chinese man simulator or I don't know. Well, ra- racism simulator 2018. Oh, come on. I was trying. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So the title I'm talking about is Sea of Thieves. And everyone, of course, is going to say, what? This game's not out yet. No, it's not. But you know what? We've had a couple of viewers who want us to just throw this game out there and talk about it a little bit. So you know what? I did my homework, and I went ahead and watched 14 freaking hours or so worth of gameplay on this title so I could talk about it just a little bit. All right, so there you go, viewers. <laughs> now, just to clarify here, I did not do my homework. No, I so, know Eric, you did. please, please sell me on this game. <laughs> I will because I'm totally interested now that I've watched 14 hours. Uh, so, I'm talking about Sea of Thieves. This is developed by Rare, published by Microsoft, and guess what? It's only for the Xbox One and PC, as you can imagine. Boo! This is why it's going to be so hard to get you sold on it. And that's why I'm so sad. Because this is why I ignored this game in the first place, because I knew it was a lost cause. <laughs> but you know what? I'm a trooper, and I'm one, I'm taking it for the team. So I went ahead, and I, yeah. I went and delved right on him. What's this game about? It's fantastic. That's what it's about. You take the role of a pirate. You and up to four friends can man these two different kinds of boats. Either A, you're if you're like a one- or two-man team, you'll be in this mid, mid-range mid boat. It's got one cannon on each side. It's got one set of rigging, sails, and that's it. And you can roll around. This This craft is very agile. It can maneuver quickly. It doesn't get the top speeds that the larger craft does, but because of its maneuverability, it allows you to kind of get into tight spots and get around the bigger ships and avoid them because you don't want to get into a, a, a huge battle with them if you can avoid it. Anywho, if you're with a foreman team, you can opt in to get the larger ship. It's got several cannons on each side, 
obviously it has multiple sets of sails, you know, so you got to be aware of the, the front and rear rigging. And then, of course, on both ships, you have the helm. Someone's got to be the captain. Someone's got to steer the ship. The, uh, the largest ship also has the crow's nest. The smaller ship, I don't believe, has a crow's nest, but obviously you can just go out to the front and you can holler back at the captain what to do. It's a first-person game, so you'll see your little hands, and you'll have your musket, uh, you'll have whatever it is, your lantern in your hand, you'll have your banana in your hand. What am I talking about? Okay, so here's what I'm talking about. While you're on your ship, the whole point of this game is to work with your crew, your buddies, whoever it is, to accept quests from the little towns, and there's different quests, ones where you can like haul you know, food, haul, uh, gunpowder, things like that, to different destinations, and then you'll get gold. You can also just take uh, treasure maps. Buy treasure maps and then go find the treasure, and then obviously you get richer that way. So there's different kinds of quests you can accept, and you go out with your buddies and you try to accomplish this. What's the catch? This is a PvP world. So the game will be dropping in other human players and their crews into this world so while you're out sailing to this island navigating having a good time which by the way the graphics while they are have that cartoony feel that rare feel to them the physics and everything is freaking they're just phenomenal the waves look perfect the way the ship rocks goes back and forth just spot on you feel like you're at sea and, it, it, and it's just a hoot. It's a blast. It's a ton of fun. And if you get into the spirit of it, you're calling back, you know, Arr, you got to get the rigs on the left port side, starboard side, Arr, you know, just having a blast mm-hmm. with it. So while you're on these missions to go to this little island to find the quest, you know, the treasure chest, whatever it be, you might see another player. Well, you know what? They might leave you alone. They might be just trying to go do their own thing. Well, guess what? Now you get to make a decision. Ignore them, let, leave them alone, go to the island, you know, leave a lookout on the ship. Don't leave a lookout on the ship. Go find this treasure, and which is, which is really cool. The treasure chests, you know, they're all hidden, obviously, and you'll get these clues. It'll say, "R, fly up to the white tree, da-da-da-da-da, and you got to go up there, and they'll say, count six paces. So you'll pull out your oh, compass, nice. and when you pull out your compass, it does like a little uh, uphand view of it, and then when you're walking, you'll hear your footstep clunk 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 so you can go one pace two pace three pace four pace and then you'll pull out your shovel and you dig and if you're in the right spot boom you'll hit treasure and then you got to haul that treasure back so you're running back to the ship meanwhile that player that other team whoever it is and who knows maybe another team came they could come up on you they could hang out they could hide somewhere in an island close by wait for you to haul all your booty into the the ship and then set sail and then they just come swoop in cannons blazing everything going wild and now you've got yourself a fight you're fighting for your life to keep your booty and keep your ship nice now what's really neat is that you got to make sure you have cannons and you got to load them into the cannons obviously you got to make sure you've got food and the food in this game are p- bananas and they ha- they're not peeled bananas so you just eat ro- you know you just eat bananas it's it's kind of humorous fun this is unrealistic <laughs> boo yeah. shut it down yeah, yeah, yeah. not possible no, right. no. So the whole thing here is it's it's fun enough to where it's not super crazy accurate ridiculousness, but it's accurate enough to where you have to work together and be coordinated. So say you you pull the anchor, you you know, you, you set the anchor, you get off that ship and you uh, pull the rigging up and whatnot, so you're not moving anywhere. You get attacked while you're that way. 
you're in a heap of trouble. Even if you leave a lookout mm-hmm. and he warns you, you guys got to haul butt back. You got to get that rigging back down. You've got to pull that anchor up and you've got to start moving. Meanwhile, some of the crew has to be there blasting on those cannons trying to keep them off of you. And if you do get shot, you're still not over. You got to make sure you have planks. Now, planks, mm-hmm. you go down into the hole and you can patch up the holes. So while your ship's filling up with water and you're starting to sink, you can patch those up. And then you pull out your bucket and you run up and you're throwing buckets overboard. Nice. It sounds complicated. It sounds like a lot. But it's just it's super intuitive and it's super fun and easy to do. It's got a little wheel-based system. So just one click and boom, you got your bucket out. One click, you got your shovel out. One click. You know, you're just rotating mm. through those. No big deal. It's not, it's not any fuss, not any muss. The biggest thing is setting your team up so everybody knows their place and knows what to do. And you want to make sure your captain is confident in his skills because otherwise you're going to be screwed and you're just going to sail around like a moron not doing anything and you need your lookout to be able to tell him where to go because when the sails are down he can't see anything. Ah. So it's it's very very accurate, very fun. I enjoyed all the gameplay I watched of it. I could go on for a time for this. I I really think that this is another one of those titles where a single player is not going to have nearly as much fun as friends playing. Because whilst you can man a ship yourself and go on quests and adventures, if you get a galleon, which is the largest ship coming at you, you're toast. I mean, as long as it's a crew that knows what they're doing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I saw gameplay footage after gameplay footage of these larger ships coming in. And with a crew that knows what they're doing, when those cannons are bursting on that one side, and then you got a sniper sniping people, whoo, carnage. Now you're like, well, that sucks. What happens when I lose my ship? Well, it does suck. You lose whatever booty was on that ship, and you lose that particular ship, but no big deal because you just spawn on an island randomly somewhere else so you know people can't camp you and just farm you over and over again. Your ship sinks, and you'll spawn with a new ship immediately. So it's not like you oh, lose a ship cool. and you have to go do some stupid bull crap to get another one. You just get another ship, and away you go. You just lose whatever you had on that particular ship. And these mm. ships are randomly generated. So I saw all kinds of different ships. So you might have a ship with like shark's teeth all over it, looking real cool. You might have your Davy Jones looking ships, your your Regal Nobleman's ship. It's all random, but whatever one it is, you can affix like a uh, a placard to it. So you like two tankards or or the pirates, mm. you know that kind of thing, and get your little symbol going. While you're on these islands, there'll be like skeletons, NPC characters sometimes that attack you, and other players obviously can too. And that's why you'll have blunderbusses, which are like, you know, scattershot shotguns. You'll have a pistol. You can get a marksman's rifle that and, and a knife. And then that's what you use to kill the skeletons or fight other players hand-to-hand combat, that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, it's real simple. I mean, that's... That's it. That's what you do. That's This is the game. You go get treasures. You fight other players. You get gold to buy cool cosmetic items, make yourself look cool. I'm sure there's going to be way more to it. This was a closed beta. So as the game gets closer, I'm going to keep following it and trying to convince somebody who maybe wants to play on PC with me because I'm not buying an Xbox One. Obviously, that's <laughs> out of the question. But it's really cool. It looks like a ton of fun. I'll be watching it. And I hope uh, other people do, too, that I know for sure, because I'm interested. Number one.
So for our last topic of the day, we're going to go from something that our viewers really wanted to hear about, really wanted to know, to a game that all of our viewers love to hate and just hate on and just just never want to hear anything good about. I'm going to start talking about Overwatch, but then we're going to spin that into a little bit more of a deeper discussion about something we're going to talk about here. So I've been waiting for a few weeks to bitch about the way that they've been treating Mercy in Overwatch, though just constant changes have been coming on this character. Now, when she first started, Mercy Mercy is basically your, you know, your straight-up healer. She's got a little heal beam, she's got a little damage buff beam, and then her ultimate back in the day was any players who were around her, so that could be up to five players, she could res all at once instantly. They're back in the fight, no muss, no fuss, and then your team is right back in it. Now, people were saying, you know, oh, that's overpowered, that's too much in a competitive sense. You know, it's just, it just un- it unbalances all the gameplay. And while that might be true, my favorite complaint about it was that people were just saying, it just doesn't feel good when Mercy comes in and reses everybody else. So instead of, like, making her weaker and easier to kill, which should be your priority anytime you see a Mercy, you kill the Mercy first, but apparently nobody does that, what they did was they changed her whole her whole kit all around. She still had a res just as an ability. You could walk up and res one person and then would go on like a 35-second cooldown, which in this game is a long-ass time. And then her ultimate was she could fly, she could do chain heals. It buffed her up a little bit, but it was just her base form, really. She couldn't mass res anybody. She did get another free res in that ultimate form. And then people were saying, well, it's still too much. We're still really sad when she ults, when she reses two people. So they went, well, okay, let's give her res a cast time. So now it's got like two, three-second cast time. So she's standing there going, Hur. apparently that was too much. So now they take away the free res on her ult. They dropped her speed from her her ability she has to move between people and they just keep nerfing her more and 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 people still play her but i think the the main issue is that people on competitive teams still play her it really brought up in my mind this whole thing of you know i I am not a competitive player i mean we play competitive but we're not like top tier god ranks anything it really brought to the forefront this issue of well, we're gearing for competitive and esports and everything else, and I understand that. We have to change the balance across the esport so there's not one dominant character or anything. But then that trickles down all the way down to us scrubs at the very bottom who weren't very good as Mercy or, you know, we're not God tier, but now Mercy is basically ruined. Like all of her abilities, they start stripping away because competitive players are really good at them. But normal people. I mean, she's not unplayable or anything, but I feel like it's just just hammer blow after hammer blow after hammer blow. So people who don't like Mercy are like, yay, look, she's finally nerfed. But people who like playing Mercy are like, well, what are we supposed to do now? She's not getting any kind of tweaks to make any of her other abilities better. She's just getting hammered and hammered and nerfed into the ground. And it reminded me of when I was watching League of Legends, you know, the esports of that, watching the pro series. And, you know, for one series... Like, just pick a random character. Let's say Kha'Zix was just going nuts. So all the all the pro players had him on a team. Well, the very next patch, what did they do? Uh, well, let's nerf his all his abilities that they used and exploited. Let's nerf him way down. Okay. Well, now Trindamir's is everyone's pick. Well, but you know, if everyone's picking Trindamir, we got to turn all his abilities way down. Well, now somebody's gonna go and pick 
Garen. Well, well, you know, if everyone's picking him, we got to nerf all his abilities down. And it just brought up this whole conversation of, I mean, A, that's not really balanced. That's just retroactively looking at stuff and just destroying characters that people love. But then the other thing of it, just going all the way down the chain. I don't use all those exploits. I can't do it because I'm just not that good. But it comes down to me, and now I can't use Kha'Zix or Garen or Trindamir anymore. And it just, ah, just makes me so frustrated. And, I mean, I understand why they have to do it, but it just it doesn't make sense how you have to do that effect for literally everyone across the whole spectrum. Bronze players to number one in the world. Everyone has to deal with this. I don't, want, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't like it. It makes me grumpy. I'll tell you this, Matt. First, first you hit the nail on the head early on. And that I think Mercy was an outlier. I think Mercy, that was a character that was created that didn't get the focus and the intuition that some of the other characters received. Because if you notice, every other healer-type character in the game isn't actually just a healer. It's a support healer with a mixed class. Whereas Mercy is, I'm a healer. I'm completely useless pretty much anywhere else and anything else. And I think that's something they just overlooked and didn't really think about. Because when tournament became a big deal, esports became a big deal with Overwatch, everyone had Mercy. You had to have Mercy. Until just now, maybe even still now, I'm not sure, but until just just now, you still had to have a Mercy there to pop off that res. Because a res is infinitely more important than almost anything you could ask for. I still think my counter to that is, though, if I want to play somebody who's half good at something, I have what, five other characters I can do that with? If I want to play somebody who's good at one thing, I'm going to play Mercy. I don't, I don't feel like that's something you should take away. Like, it would be like if you had one sniper character. Well, that's the only person who's good at sniping, so we have to make them shit at sniping to just fit in with everybody else now. Mm. That logic just does not work. That was the the trade-off, the only logical trade-off that would have made her still fit in without being just a character, a throwaway character that has to be in your team, was to make mm. her, like you said, so weak or have some kind of critical thing that you can easily take her out if you just focus on her for a second or do one special thing with her so that way mm. she's not an issue. And then the, the punishment is, is if you don't, then she gets to res teammates. And now you're being punished. And she still is. She has one of the lowest health pools in the game. So all you have to do is look yeah, at her. Yeah, but because she's always healing somebody, she's always got that AoE heal on herself. So even though she does have the lowest HP in the game, if she's doing her job and healing somebody that needs heals, obviously, mm. then she's not. she doesn't have you know 150 HP because she's being healed that entire time. So it's I don't know what it rounds out to. It depends on what kind of damage you're putting on her. There's a lot of factors, but... But at the same time, so does Lucio, but he's got higher HP, better movement. He's got active assaults he can do to you. He's still healing himself. It's not as much as she can, but it's still there. Yeah, he heals, Yeah, but he doesn't have a res. See, and this is the problem with Mercy. She has a res, and that is just so important. That's more powerful than anything else in the game, especially when you're talking about esports, competitive play. When you can just bring back a clutch player and go, oh, we were about to lose, but here he is again. Yep, suckers. <laughs> and, and I still contend, though, that if you have any cl clutch players, 
they are on that mercy as soon as you see her. I don't understand why. Like, I guarantee you, if I see, if I go and watch Overwatch League, and there's a mercy out there, she's going to be one or two to go down. But they don't want that. That's the problem. Is it gets boring. Hey, what's this build? Oh, it's a, it's got a mercy. Yeah, it's always got a mercy. That's all there ever is. Hey, what? You're why you're Lucio? Shut up, idiot! You're not Lucio. Get on mercy. Hey, what if you want to be Zenyatta? Get off of Zenyatta, moron! Get out of mercy. You know what we're doing? It's got to be mercy. You need to rest. All you have to do is counter it. Like uh, that's what I don't like, or I mean, I understand, but I don't like about the whole competitive aspect of it. And then mm. uh, I'm putting League of Legends under this umbrella too. Like, hey, if everybody's picking Kazix or everybody's picking Mercy, well. You pick the characters that are good counters to that. That's what competitive play is all about in games that have, you know, a spread of characters. Because they're always going to be, you know, weak to this or vulnerable to this. Or, you know, if you get your two skills from these two other players together, you're going to be able to go in on them and destroy them. It's just, I feel like these just like constant nerfs because, well, that seems popular right now. So we have to break it. Well, why don't you just make the characters who can counter it better? That mm-hmm. way people will pick those characters more as soon as they see it. It's, it's, always, it's always nerf instead of buff. And that's my problem with this whole thing. And now you said that, and I'm trying to think. I keep, part of me keeps wanting to say it was Blizzard who said this anyway, but it can't be, obviously, because they're not doing it. But I remember some company <laughs> said that we, we'd rather always buff a character than nerf a character. So mm. if a, there's a problem with a character, we don't, we don't nerf them, we'll buff the others to accommodate so that way that character is no longer overpowered. Mm-hmm. And that makes the player base happier than obviously the other way, which is what's happening, whereas she just keeps getting hit in the face and nerfed down to the ground. Yeah, because you get those players who aren't, you know, that god tier, but this is my favorite character, this is the zone I like to go in, because that's what happens when you get these games with these spreads of characters. And then, oh, well, they nerfed them because number one in the world was too good. Well, now, that was my favorite, though. And now even trash people are just jumping all over me because I'm nerfed all the the hell. And you're forced to change your character layout and who you Mm. like because that character's trash now. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And I wish there was... And, I mean, we've talked about it. There are ways that you could do it, just have it tiered. Like, you know, if you're in the competitive league or the competitive ranks, you have to deal with competitive tweaks versus everyone else can play with... You know, I wouldn't say base characters, but the the latest grand sweeping changes, you know, they, those are still there. But you can just tweak the competitive queue or the competitive in the in the competitive queue. Yeah, the characters would have certain moves banned, nerfed, or whatever, and that mm. would automatically be in play as soon as you enter that queue. Whereas in the other modes, it's all just original concept characters just having fun, going nuts. I mean, once you get to be that level, that's the only point where you're really going to notice it unless the nerfs are as severe as they have been like if it's just tweaks you know five percent two percent here or there maybe even just keep those up in the competitive queue because that's where you have to deal with it versus you know you're in quick play you're in arcade you're just there to have fun it doesn't matter i I feel like there has to be a gradation of some sort with these nerfs and giant character overhauls and tweaks based on the league or the the championship series is doing and then it just comes down to me just a normal dude none of that affects me because i'm gonna play my character the best way i know how you know what i'm saying i know what you're getting at i get it i get the frustration man i understand 
Problem is, is <laughs> the game's not gonna do it. They're gonna nerf her to the ground. In fact, they're probably gonna get rid of her, man. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, I I do legitimately foresee her being changed entirely. I think they'll keep Mercy because mm. she's just everyone loves Mercy. You know, they love her character, the way she looks, the way she mm. is. So, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get rid of that res completely. They're gonna just completely change the way she functions. That's so ridiculous, too. And while we were talking about it, I was like, you know, if they just had her heal beam or her res have to be charged, well, now they have another character that has that charge. So if you do that, it's just, well, it's just a copy of the same character. Why even do it? So they've already ruined that one way to manage it for themselves by putting in another character that has that exact same mechanic. So I don't know. I'm frustrated. I'm going to be grumpy. I'm going to be playing a lot more Zenyatta, apparently, which is fine because I like playing He's Zen. Awesome. Yeah. But still, I am I feel bad because the only person I ever res is you, and then you always die immediately. So my reses don't even matter anyway. I mean, you know. Well, you res me. I'm in a tank. I only die if people fail me. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, everyone fails you, and I go, well, maybe Eric can hold it down for a minute, and then I... Res you, and I look around, and no, everyone's dead. I was going to say, it's always yeah, just me in this shield, <laughs> and I'm being flanked by everybody, and it's just a miserable uh, time. Yeah. yeah. Why do I play these games again, Matt? <laughs> so I'm just going to be going DPS or Zenyatta. I mean, that's it. I'm, I'm just going Farah. Good. Just going to play Farah And I'm just going to go Lucio, and that's it. And then they're going to nerf Ferris flight ability because no one else can fly. And that's just a game changer that you can't counter a fly. So then she'll just be walking on the ground. And then she'll be slow. And then she won't be able to shoot rockets. She'll just Take have a punch. rockets, yeah. We'll just have her have a fist punch. And then, you know, her punch will be overpowered because somebody will have killed somebody in a cool way with a punch. So they're going to take away her hands. She's going to have no, no hands. hands. She's going to walk. Yep. She can't, she can't fly. She's got no rockets. She can't, can't punch. She just walks. Yep. And she sings. They'll give her a sing capability. She's going to hop. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it won't do anything. No. Because if it buffs people, it's too much. Yeah. And if it if it debuffs other people, then that'll be That's too much, too. That's too much, too. That's not fair. You're right. <laughs> Perfect. So <laughs> this topic rambled all the way off the point. But I'm frustrated, and I want to tell people about my frustrations and put together a couple, you know, my, my little solution that we were able to think up of just tearing the patches, tearing the, the tweaks, but they're never going to do it. But, uh, you know, I still think it's a good idea. I just want you guys to write in and say, Matt, you know what? Mercy deserves to be punished, right? That's what I want to hear. <laughs> <sighs> you know, how about we just start nerfing Arisa? She's the only one who can put down a shield that's like sits out on the ground. Just take away her shield, take away her shield. and then take away her minigun and then just have yeah. her just hop around shoot, and go. Dur, 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 dur. She can still shoot her orb, though, right? It's like, it won't pull people. Oh, no, pulling people. It'll it's just, just be for an looks. Orb. Like a yeah, green just pure. Cool. It'll light up the room. Perfect. That, that's all it'll do. Perfect. Yeah. I can so light the room for go. everybody. That's good. Useful. <laughs> <laughs> and see, because you were talking about she's the straight healer, and I was thinking, well, Reinhardt is just the straight tank. He's not DPS, even though I've seen people wreck with him. But you have to be really, really good. Uh-huh. So it's just. I don't know. I just, I'm just so sad that I'm just gonna just gonna wrap it up because I'm so sad. I'm just that's that's all there is. That's all she wrote, boys and girls. <laughs> we're gonna end on a sad face, but you know what? Maybe there's a bright note in the future for Mercy. You know, I never know. Maybe they're gonna come around to their senses. 
hey, you know, if anything, I can just not connect to the internet and play by myself. Oh, wait, it's an online-only game. I can play Mercy, Aww. like, in the tutorial area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great. <laughs> but seriously, it is time to wrap it up. Imposters Wrap Up. Of course, if you guys have any questions for us, any comments, any concerns, any topics you want us to talk about, any topics you want us to not talk about ever again, like Overwatch, which I'm sure you guys are going to say never talk about that again, Matt, because we hate it, you can send that to us via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can catch us on Twitter at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed you can. We also have a wonderful Patreon set up where our patrons can go in, throw us a buck, throw us five bucks, throw us a hundred bucks, we treat it like a tip jar. If you like what you hear, please head on over there and throw a little bit our way. It helps us out. We use it to enhance the show, buy things to make the show better, equipment, etc., etc. And, you know, in particular, hey, you know what? You want to you wanna stop Matt from talking about Overwatch? Come throw money at Matt and tell him, Matt, I'm telling you <laughs> to shut up. Here's money. Don't talk about it. That's the best way to make that a reality. Because if you're paying us to shut up, we're more likely to shut up. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, I, st- I just do what I want. He does what he wants. Because it's our show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And of course, our show drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we'll be back in your ear holes on the 20th of February for our very next episode. You can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. If you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, give us a like, a rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. And oh, I appreciate it so much. Oh, yeah. And five-star ratings do help us out, so please go ahead and go give them to us because it helps us rise to the stars. Goodbye, everybody. Now, with that, I'm just going to say, don't don't forget forget to to save. save.